1: The scripture Zechariah 2.5 over faith city outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Rob DePaolo, who lives in New Jersey, and he's the writer and producer of the movie Tapestry, which came out in January of this year, 2019. Thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach, Rob, to share what inspired you to write and produce the Christian movie Tapestry.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Much Marina for having me. Um, well, I, I guess you know to take it back to what you know what kind of started it all is uh, about five six years ago. I was going through a patch of my life where a lot of things just didn't seem like they were going right. Um, I guess at the center of it all was the fact that I was with a, a company uh, working in in uh, New York. And I've been with the company for 25 years and got called in one day as I guess I hear stories, of course, you know, corporate America. I'm certainly not the only one that's ever experienced this, but, you know, the dreaded, uh, you know, call to to come in to speak to management. And uh, I was told after 25 years that uh, my services were no longer needed. Uh, They were making changes at the company. And my position uh, did not exist uh, anymore. Uh, I kind of, you know, wow. there was a lot of murmurings and I, 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 I felt that this might be happening, but I still felt that somehow I would be placed into a, a, a similar position. And uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I really w- did not have many options.
1: Wow. So this movie actually is autobiographical
2: yes it, it in a, in a in lot some, of ways it was ways. okay in some ways i mean it it looked at my um, struggles that I was having at the job place, some family struggles, both with my marriage and also just dealing with my kids getting older. My mother was sick at the time uh, it was just a lot going on and and i I began to you know chronicle a lot of what was happening, not with the intention of making it into a movie or anything but just. Um, I guess therapeutically, putting some things down on paper. And, you know, eventually it it made its way into a a story and then eventually a film after that.
1: Wow. So it's just like the character in the movie, Ryan. All those uh, personal struggles happening to him with his marriage, his children growing distant towards him, his mother dying from cancer. You, too. Yes uh went through those those struggles.
2: Yes, uh the majority of those things uh, you know, were factual. You know, I pulled from my own experience. Uh you know, Ryan's character is, is based on myself, uh nicely played by uh Stephen Baldwin in the movie. And you know, some of the other characters and the the way I crafted the, the, the roles of his parents and his family members, a lot of out again kind of made a, you know, from true occurrences that I had, you know, growing up in, and the way I thought of my own parents, the way I thought of my brother and, and his wife. Uh, so a lot of it was, it was, to your point, pulled from true life experience.
1: Now you wrote it after you um, got let go of your corporate position, right?
2: Right. I was let go of the, at the position. I was, like I said, I was with the company 25 years. It was, it was a banking uh, organization in New York. And I actually wound up being able to stay on with the company, but it was in a, a capacity that I really did not want to be in. Um, mm-hmm. It was as if I had taken really like a couple of steps backwards and um, put put back into a role that was really the only role that was available. It was either that or not work. Um, So I kind of had to swallow my pride and take a lesser job with the company. Uh, I didn't like, you know, where I was physically working. It was a long commute. um, And the type of work that I was doing was not fulfilling to me. But, you know, I had, you know, I had a family. I still have a family. Um, My oldest son was going off to college at that point. There was a lot of expenses, so I couldn't afford to to look around for employment and, and be out of work for any, any period of time. So I took whatever I, I could get, which was staying with the company, but the job that I stayed in, I, that I was placed into, I was very unhappy about.
1: Right. I read the article that you sent me. Uh, I, I'm i not sure. I don't remember the name of the newspaper article, but you sent it to me and you also stated that you took a it was a lesser position that you took just because you had a family to support
2: yeah I was I was told by the company that I was with that I had 30 days to go home and sort of figure out what I wanted to do with myself uh, that I could apply for positions within the company but I wasn't going to be given any assistance this was gonna to have to be something I I did on my own um, Fortunately, I had a few friends at the company, so I was able to make a couple of phone calls and 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 find something. Um, I tried very hard to 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 you know take on with a, a different company. Uh, I remember for three or four days I was calling everybody I knew. I, look, I had been in banking for twenty five years. I knew a lot of people that had moved on to other banks, sure. so I felt confident. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it first happens, you say, "Oh." This is not going to be a problem. I'll have another job in a few days. I'll give Joe a call or Mary a call or whomever. And you make these phone calls and you realize that it's not maybe necessarily that these other people don't want to help you, but may, they may not have the um, the capacity to make that decision on their right. own to hire you. So mm. a couple of days goes by, a few, you know, and I start to get nervous and say to myself, I don't know if I can afford to to tell the bank that I was with that, that, you know, to sever ties with them and, and take a severance package because I really didn't have the confidence that I was going to be able to find a position. Uh, and I was, I was nervous that I, I could wind up being out for, you know, out of work for, for years. Um, I wasn't as young as I once was. I was like, in I was around 50 years old at the time. So, uh, you know, a lot of younger people were starting to get positions and, you know the fifty-year-old folks were becoming sort of you know fossils, so to speak, and you know we didn't have the same opportunities. I, I felt as the younger folks did, so there was a lot going against me. So uh, I took what I could get. I took the position that was available, and and I didn't like it, um, but you you know I had to do what I had to do for the sake of support
1: my family. Sure, that's quite understandable. Now, how long did tapestry? actually take you to write?
2: I would say it probably only took about six weeks for me to write. Um, I mean, a lot of things that were going on around the job place at that time in my family, I didn't start writing it down right away. Uh, when I really started to write it was when I, when I had an incident, and the, the incident is portrayed in the movie where Stephen Baldwin goes into a a bar one night to wash his hands and he comes, he comes across an old friend of his. Um, The cat actually, this happened in real life to me. And the, the the character, the the gentleman's name was, it was Jimmy of an old friend of mine, but we used to call him worm. And we actually, we actually kept that name, that worm name in the movie to sort of (laughs) pay, pay homage to my old buddy who was living in California now. But, that's when I think I went home that night after seeing this guy at a bar and and he kind of started to talk to me about my career and about how he thought I should have been a writer. And, and he sort of questioned, like, why did I get into banking and why didn't I stay with writing, which was really a love that I had had when I was in high school. Um, so this guy, Worm, sort of got into my head a little bit about the writing piece and as I went home that night, and I, I thought about what he said, and I thought about what was happening with me, that's when I really started writing tapestry. And from that point, it was probably about six weeks until I was able to to put down the entire story.
1: Wow! God send him to you. Uh,
2: yes, I, I do believe that, um, and that was a focal point for me of, of when I wrote the story and 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 the movie itself, and was that that was sort of a climactic point when when God sent worm to sort of rescue me or to, to give me some idea about what I what I needed to do. And
1: yeah, guidance. I, I, exactly. Direction, yeah. probably direction, more like direction, right?
2: I guess direction. I mean I, I have different theories about it. Obviously they're only theories, but part of me feels like there might've been something that God wanted to be said and he wanted the world to hear. And maybe he was using me as a vessel to, to put that out there through, through the story, through the movie. So maybe God was using me as a messenger to say something, or maybe God wanted me to, to be happy or, or he wanted, God wanted me to to use my talents of being a writer, which had been dormant for 25, 30 years because I got into banking and didn't, you know, utilize my writing talent. So somehow, some way, I do believe that God orchestrated not only that evening, but several of the other events that surrounded that point in time.
1: Yes, it could be for all those reasons you just mentioned.
2: Yes, it could very well be. I mean, (laughs) I guess I'll I'll, I'll find out one day if I, you know, hopefully meet God uh, many years from now. Maybe I, I get the answers to these things.
1: Well, the most important thing is that you obeyed, and look what has happened from your obedience. I watched the movie today on my laptop, and I have to say how nicely um, and touching the movie was written. Uh, Before watching the movie, I wondered why it was named Tapestry, but then as you watch it and then you see a series of personal struggles that are happening to Ryan's life who's the main character and played by Stephen Baldwin. Then you begin to understand the purpose of the movie title. Uh, at the end, he learns to trust in God after all his suffering, especially after the death of his mother.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I felt I have a very str- you know strong relationship with my own mother, um, who is actually still alive. Um, you know, when I had written the written the film, um, my mother was in very bad medical condition and we thought that she was going to pass away. We didn't think she was going to make it. This is going back six years ago. Wow. And I, I sort of wrote the, the kind of the ending to the, the to the story and, and a, that climactic you know, ending of the, of the mother dying because it was kind of what I envisioned would happen had my mother passed away. It was sort of, I guess I was kind of sort of trying to put myself into that position. What what would, what would I feel? What would I say if I was standing up at my mother's funeral and, and trying to put some sense into it? So that's what inspired me to write the speech, you know, that Stephen delivers at the eulogy of, you know, at the uh, funeral of his mother. Um, but to me the, the mother the mother-son relationship is extremely important in the movie. The movie is narrated by basically the angel of of Stephen's mother, who's sort of kind of, you know, already deceased and she's looking back at her the end of her life and, and to some degree looking at her whole life. Mm-hmm, and exactly. She had, you know, she had struggles herself as a child. She lost her mother when she was young. So she she had hardship as well but she got through it. She believed in God and and she managed to to get through tough times.
1: Now I'm sure your mother has watched the film, right?
2: Believe it or not, my my mother and father have not seen the film yet. I am tr- um they 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 both they both live in a um assisted living facility and it's been kind of difficult to try to find a um a way for them to watch the movie there. Uh, I've talked to the, the place you know, to see if we could do like a movie night there. But, but I have spoken to both my mother and father over the last couple of years and explained to them the movie and how I took a lot of what really happened to me. And I used a lot of the way I felt and saw them in, in my life. So they're very aware that they're, they are part of the film in a sense.
1: And what did they say when you were telling them about the
2: movie? Um, they, were, they were touched, obviously. They've always been very supportive of me. And I, I, I think that they knew in a, in a way that I was unhappy, that maybe I never felt completely fulfilled with the career that I had carved out for myself as a banker. So I, I think it brought them a lot of joy to see that, I was able to do something I truly loved, which was making a film. Um, I also think that they felt a little bit sad at times because they realized that I had a lot of struggles in my life. Um, A lot of these struggles, I didn't necessarily talk to them about while they were happening. Um, I guess I've always been one of those people who tries to stay strong and, you know, kind of just internalize things and not... Kind of tell everybody, you know, the the, the issues that I have. Do you so think, think do was, that?
1: You think that's typical of men?
2: I, yeah, it, it's probably a man type of a thing. I don't know if it's a, a certain, <laughs> certain a certain bravado or something where we, we we don't want to admit that we're weak at times. But uh, but I think my parents were very. Um, they were sad to, to to see that my life wasn't perfect but I think that they saw that I came out of it in a good way and that the movie itself was also uh, a bit of an accomplishment, not just, you know, my being in touch with God and and all the good things that happened to me, but the fact that I was able to make a film, which was always something I kind of, in the back of my mind, kind of dreamed of doing.
1: Right. Now, the ending part was the most impactful to me. Because there were so many things, Rob, that were said that touched my heart. I mean, it literally made me cry, made my eyes just water. And I just watched it today. And it was when, like, um, the mother, uh, Ryan's mother, Rose, talks to Ryan before she dies from cancer. And she told him that she'd be in his heart forever. Um, I also like the fact that you use symbolism examples in the movie, too. when Ryan blows out the candle after his mother passes away, right. and, in, and another example at the very end when the movie uh, shows the earth and the mother's spirit leaving the earth and going to heaven with God. Yes, and then yes. she says, and I liked when he, when the mother says something to this effect, and she says, "I felt comfort and love like I never felt before." I was wrapped in a blanket of love, and the holder was God himself. I was home.
2: Yeah, that I, was beautiful. Thank you. I mean, it actually gives, gives me the chills actually hearing you say it. Um, because it's, you know, I, I mean, I wrote that. Uh, I mean, I had a few people assist me with the screenplay. Uh, the director, Ken Kushner. Um, collaborated with me quite a bit on, on, on taking what, what I had written, which was a 25-page story um, into a, you know, and, and with Ken's help and a couple of others, we were able to put a 100-page screenplay together. But a lot of the, the, the things that the narration part of the movie, like what you're alluding to now, which was, um, you know, his mother speaking at the end of the film and, and at various points in the film, a lot of that was written by me about a year ago. Um we had we had a lot of trouble getting this movie finished. There were issues with sound, there were some editing issues. Uh like a lot of independent films with low budgets, um these movies could sometimes drag out and take take time to get done. Um this movie took about 5 years from start to finish.
1: Wow. Um, I didn't realize that wow
2: right what what happened was about about a year ago is when we really were starting to get to the point of like starting to feel down about things it it, it just felt like this was never going to happen um you know different times we tried to 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 fix the movie to put it in a in a good format to 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 sell it to a to a film distribution company we kept failing we we just seemed to fall short and mm. A lot of people were given. A lot of people in, that were on our team were really starting to give up, and the one guy who really stood by this along with me was a gentleman by the name of Michael Yakovone, who was one of the producers of the movie. Uh, he and I worked together at the bank, and he was the guy that I actually had taken the story to initially and shared it with him, and he liked it so much that he brought it to to Ken Kushner, who was was a filmmaker that that Mike had known for some years. So I I owe a lot to Mike's perseverance as well. But getting back to the, the narration like you were just mentioning, when Mike and I sat down a year ago and tried to finish piecing the movie together, we felt that there were elements that the story needed to be told a little bit better and we felt the narration was a good way not only to bring some emotion into it, which it looked like it brought some emotion to you, and I'm very touched that that you were touched by the movie. Um, But it helped explain things as well as bring an emotion about a mother and how much that mother loves her son and, like, suffers when he suffers. Uh, But I'm very proud to say that every part of the narration of that film, I wrote myself pretty much line for line. And um, I was very happy with the way some of those lines came out. And I'm so happy that you found them to be um, interesting and emotional. So I guess, I guess we did a good job in that regard.
1: Yes, you did. And also the reason why you did such a good job in it is because there was, it was a poetic voice. There was poetry there. I mean, I was wrapped in a blanket of love, and the holder was God himself. I was home. It's like poetry. And so the narrator ends with, like, poetry at the very end. It's almost like her voice has a different tone at the end. And so that tone and even the words begin to change. It just it's like it, that's what impacts you that's what makes it emotional and then the truth of what she says also makes it emotional.
2: Yeah I mean I've always I've always heard people not always but I mean at times I've heard interviews about people who um, maybe had near-death experiences and they, they talked about the warmth that they felt the acceptance of when they they their body was maybe transported in, into a, like a heaven type of state or whatever. So, I mean, that was definitely in my mind that, that thought of when somebody dies and, and 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 gets to, you know, put themselves in front of God, that ultimate unbelievable feeling that they must have. Um, I mean, everybody on earth is sad because the mother's dying. But in truth, she's about to experience like the greatest thing that anybody exactly. could Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that's, that's also something that um, I appreciated because it was, if, if I was crying, it was tears of like happiness. It was tears of joy. It was like, wow, that is so true. This is not something to be sad about, but something to be joyful about because she's about to experience something so beautiful. It,
2: it's funny that you mention about the poetic quality. Um, at times, I've been criticized in my life because I, I, I've written a lot of short stories, and and I remember one time, and I sent a story to an editor to look at, and they came back and they sort of criticized the fact that I I wrote in a very poetic way, and oh, I guess they no. I guess they felt in a in a short story scenario it, it should be a little bit more a different writing style, uh, but I guess the, the poetry worked.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: the it, worked.
1: it worked for me because I write poetry, and that's the main reason why it works for me, and I understand it. But it also brings a unique quality and unique type of writing that you, you're adding to movies, Rob. Do you realize this? You realize that this is a different voice that is not out there?
2: Uh, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I did. I do. I didn't realize that it was that original. Uh, but it's nice to hear. I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of different types of films. Th- th- a lot of faith based films. So if this is something that we've um, we've discovered, I'm I'm happy. We didn't do it on purpose. But, <laughs> but I'm I'm happy that we discovered this new style.
1: Yes, and I also want to encourage you to. Um, if this, when, if you write more, well, I know you're going to write more movies, but mm-hmm. if this poetic quality is coming out, please don't be afraid to go bold and courageously and just doing it. So whatever comes out of you, that is from God. I mean, it's from God. So don't ever let anybody criticize you or put this down. So I am just I'm really excited for you and I really support this very much.
2: I appreciate that. I like I said different people have different views. Some people think, you know, certain types of narration might come across a little corny or a little bit over the top, but I mean, I, you know, that's the way I feel. I mean, I guess I write the way I feel and I mean, to your point, I mean, I'm not going I'm not going to apologize for it. I mean, it's, it's who Absolutely. I am. Exactly. It's my way of expressing myself. If, if some people don't like it, I mean, that, that's unfortunate, but, um, but it's, it makes me happy and hopefully yes. it, made, it made you happy and hopefully it'll make others happy.
1: Yes. Also, when Ryan was given the eulogy at his mother's funeral and opening up for the first time about his faith in God, his words were also very impactful when he said that he saw a sequence of events that led him to understand what he needed to do. Then afterwards, he says something to this effect, even when I thought I was lost, God was with me. The whole time, weaving together a fabric that would lead me to a place where I knew what I had to do, and I did it.
2: Yeah, uh, when I think about that, I I mean, again, I when I wrote the story, you know, that was something that I wrote early on. Um, I'm one of those people who I kind of I like to write the end of something before I write the beginning. And I I saw this entire story leading up to that to that point where he loses his mother, who's extremely important to him. Uh, She's kind of shielded him his whole life. Uh, So we we know that this is going to be a a big blow to him to lose his mother. Uh, But at the same time, he's experiencing his own kind of rebirth. And, you know, he's going from being sort of like the weak the weak link in the family to suddenly he's, he's the guy now. Exactly. He's the 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 voice of reason.
1: Right. And he's, he's strength. He represents strength. Probably the strongest one now, even stronger than the father too.
2: (laughs) I've got to give Stephen, (laughs) uh, Stephen Baldwin, some credit. I wrote, I wrote the original um, eulogy, you know, the, from start to finish. And Stephen had approached me the day that we were filming that scene. And actually we, we filmed it in a church in Long Island. And um, Stephen approached me and he said that he wanted to change some of the that eulogy. And I had no problem with that. I mean, I, I first of all, I you know, the director really sort of had a lot more say so at that point than I did as far as how they were going to craft different scenes. But, you know, Stephen, in in kind of a very courteous, sort of down-to-earth way, you know, felt appropriate that he at least, you know, kind of run it by me. And I was like, look, Stephen, if you feel like, you know, you you can make it better or make it feel like it's somehow coming out of your heart in a better way, you know, do what you got to do. And I think Stephen made a, 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 a lot of very smart choices in some of the words that he chose. And some of those are, I think you picked up on just now. Some of those things were a combination of what I had written, but what what Stephen had kind of edited and and actually improved upon.
1: That's great. And you know, what he said or what I just read, everybody Rob can, can uh, relate to what he said, man or woman. Everybody can relate to it when everybody's, when you know, when he said, even though we're lost, God is with us all the time, he's with us, weaving together a fabric that would lead us to a place where we know if we listen, if we really listen, then you know, and obey, then we just need to do it.
2: Well, that's that's where I kind of get into that thought process that God wanted. I, I mean, I feel like as if God was speaking through, through Ryan, Absolutely. God, was, God was saying to the world, I got you. I'm here. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. You know, you're going to have some bumps in the road. It's not all going to be good. Right. You're going to lose people. You're going to, you're going to lose your job. You're going to, people are going to die. You're going to have pain and suffering, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm with you and it, ultimately it's going to work out. Um, and whether that's on earth or whether it's, it's going to work out because, you know, you're going to be with me in heaven one day and it's, you're going to feel a reward at that point. So, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I definitely, that's where I wanted to go with the story. And if it came out that way, if you saw it that way, then I feel like we accomplished what we set out to do.
1: Amen. And through our suffering, God uses every experience that we go through for his glory, because in the end, there's victory. We may not be able to see it just like through Ryan, but look at the end. There was victory, and it's the same thing with us. And so that's why this movie, we could relate to the struggles of, um, that Ryan had, uh, be it man or woman. I mean, we know this was a, ma- a male character, but yet what he went through, we also go through, and we can relate to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I like um, the the scene in the movie where his father was a young man and he was involved in an accident where a a young boy was killed on a bicycle. Yes. Um, That actually happened. It didn't exactly happen quite that way. But throughout my life, my father always told me this story. He would every couple of years, I you mean, know, you know, I guess as people get older, they tend to repeat the same stories. And as my father got older, he would tell me the story, and then maybe a year later, I'd hear it again, then I'd hear it again. And it was about when my father was a young man in his 20s, and he witnessed uh, a young boy being killed, um, at, at run over by a truck, and it was just gruesome. Oh, uh, no. It was a gruesome incident and, and how they had to like, you know, emergency had to come and, and remove the body. And it was, it was just a horrible scene that the, the, the child's mother was there and she's witnessing this. Oh, and no. my father who was, who grew up as a very, a, a very uh, spiritual person, he was an altar boy in church and all this type of thing, uh, head of the CYO organization. After seeing this incident, it, it hurt my father. It it made him feel distant from God. Uh, I guess and that happens, to, unfortunately, that happens to a lot of people. They they blame God or they, they don't know, how yeah. could God let something like this happen? And okay. um, I, I wanted to build that into the movie because it was very impactful to me hearing it over the course of my life. And I, I've always wanted to kind of help my father understand that you know god god is here god's not bad god you know god's not responsible for you know trying making that child suffer or anything like that i know it's, it's obviously it's it's difficult for people to fathom all of this and it, it does bring up a lot of questions but uh i was happy that we were able to bring that into the movie and ultimately show. At the end of the film that the father, just like his son, has had experienced bad things in his life, but he winds up coming back to the church at the end after mm-hmm. va- vowing never to step foot in the church his whole life um, because of what his son said. And, and right. his son was able to help him help him see the light, so to speak. Exactly.
1: Yes, exactly. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach with today's special guest, Rob DiPaolo, who lives in New Jersey, and he's the writer and producer of the movie Tapestry, which came out in January of 2019. Rob, what did your family and friends say about the movie Tapestry? What has been their reaction?
2: Well, to my immediate family, my wife and my my three children, uh, when I when I wrote it, I had a lot of concern that how they would uh, view me uh, because I mean, the original story um, that I wrote had had a, had a lot of things in there that maybe didn't quite make it into the film, but I guess I, I was depicting myself as not the best husband and father in the world, sort of showing, showing myself as not being as good of a, a, a a father, as my own father had been, so I, I guess I felt like I was kind of putting myself down quite a bit in the original story. And when I showed it to my family, I guess I was concerned that they were going to, you know, sort of look at me differently, maybe start to see things that they never saw before that weren't weren't good things. Um, to my surprise and I guess happiness. They were very uh, receptive to it. Uh, my oldest son, uh, Brandon especially, uh, was, was, was the oldest of my three children. And when he first read the story, he was probably about seven, maybe 18 years old at the time. So um, he could ap- appreciate it a little bit more than the other children who were a few years younger. And he basically said that he had cried when he read the story and that he felt that I was a good father and that I, I sold myself short. And, and that meant a lot to me to hear that, that right. not only did the story not make him feel badly about me, but it almost, in some ways, I think it showed that there was a side of me that was vulnerable. And you mentioned it earlier, like men, men tend to all be macho and everything. And uh, I guess he, I think he said, wow, you know, that actually has a heart beneath, beneath that exterior. Uh, so, and my wife was supportive. Um, you know, my, 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 mother and father, you know, liked the story. So I really didn't have any, really any resistance. Um, I thought maybe some members of my family might be concerned about this being made into a movie because it's kind of getting personal and sort of, sort of telling things that kind of go on behind closed doors and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but I never really, I never felt that. I never got that negative vibe from anybody in my family.
1: That's good to hear. What has been the reaction from people?
2: What we're finding, and and you know, the movie was released in January. Uh, it came onto. Um, Amazon Prime. It's also, you know, we can get it through uh, Christian uh, cinema. You could rent or rent or, or buy the film. So, the, you know, through Facebook and through reviews that we've seen written by people, it, it seems that the main sh- the mainstream audience um, feels it's okay. Uh, the 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 Christian slash, you know, faith based audience seems to love the film for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, you know, it, it it gives glory to God. It's very relatable. You know, the, a lot of the same comments we hear over and over that people feel like this could have been their life story because mm-hmm. they had the same thing. They had a parent who was dying. They had a job problem. They had children that had issues. They had a marriage that wasn't a hundred percent perfect. So that was a common thread that people like the relatability. You know, they like the, right. the, the Christian aspect of the film. They, they like the music in the film. They like the narration. Uh, so those are that's a lot of the feedback we've gotten from the faith-based audience.
1: That's great. Now, have you recently seen it again?
2: I've seen it quite a few times. I, I watched it. I mean, which is always difficult because when you see and a lot of times I would try to go periods of time without seeing it because I just felt it would I wouldn't I wouldn't like view it the same way if, if it became too familiar to me. Um, the last time I watched it was with. Um, with my son and his wife, she had not seen it. My, my son had seen a version of it about two years ago when it was far from complete. Um, so we watched it a couple of months ago with, with my family and my son and his wife. So it gave her an opportunity to, to see it. And um, like I said, everybody everybody liked it. They were pretty supportive. Um, I don't think anybody's viewing it as a, um, a, a, a specific life story of me. Because I think they, they see that there are parts of this film that are clearly not a mirror image of me. But I think they see that there's a good 60, 70% of, of, of me in there. And, and I think, they, I think they, they like that I'm honest and that I'm not afraid to say that I'm not perfect and that, that I, I have been weak at times in my life. And I've fallen quite a few times, but I've gotten up.
1: Amen. That is so true. And so if you or when you looked at it the last time, Mm -hmm. did anything come to mind like, oh, I should have done this differently or I should have changed this? Do you have that going on in your mind?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we we went through a lot of iterations of this film. I mean, there were there were several different edits. So every time, you know, you you re-edit it, you say, wow, this is great. But then you're like, okay, there's seven or eight things in there that you maybe, okay, maybe we should take them out or change them, and you get to a point where at some at some at some point in time you have to you have to kind of go with your gut, right? Um, because if you don't, you could be literally spending the next thirty five years refining the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're not,
2: you're not gaining that much from from that refinement. You know, it's not like. It's going from a movie that 50 people watched to 50 million because you made those couple of edits. Um, But I guess for me, the thing that I'm a little sad about is I would have liked to have seen a little bit more development of maybe some of like uh, years like growing up, like what my family life was like when I was a child. Um, But the problem with, 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 with a movie, you got 90 minutes, uh, if I if we put in there every single thing that I was thinking about, this would yeah. be like a ten ten week mini series. It wouldn't. There's no way this could be. You can you can't do ninety minutes and cover every single moment of your life. It's just it's just not possible.
1: Right now, are all the actors in the movie Christians?
2: Um, no, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. It wasn't like there was any kind of. Like we, you know, we asked anybody if they, you know, that type of thing. It wasn't like a, a requirement, I guess. It wasn't like that, but I would say a majority of the um, of the lesser actors, if you would, in the movie, were, did the movie strictly because they they want they enjoyed the content. They wanted to be part of a Christian production because of their own beliefs. So we did have. Yeah, there was probably two hundred people associated with this movie in one way or another, oh, and wow. and I wouldn't be surprised if you know eighty percent of those people were there strictly because of of, of their faith. Uh, I right. mean, Stephen himself is a, is is a Christian. Um, in terms of some of a couple of the other main actors, in all honesty, I'm not hundred percent sure what their what their affiliation is, um, but i would say was heavily weighted towards um you know christians that were in the film either as actors or even in some cases as people that were behind the scenes you know directors um, you know camera people and others people just heard about the project and they wanted to be part of it
1: that's great now did you what were their reactions to the film after it was all completed
2: no, because of the fact that it took five years to get made, I think a lot of the people were kind of like had sort of like written it off in their heads. They just assumed that maybe the movie just wasn't going to make it to the finish line. So in some cases, there was almost a little bit of disbelief, like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> like oh, is this this is this the thing I did two weeks two weeks for five years ago? You know, <laughs> so it, 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 but that does it's not uncommon though in the film world and again this is the first film i've made i'm not i can't speak from a ton of experience here but it's not unusual that films take a while um but again i think a lot of the people did not think this movie was going to come to fruition so they were obviously extremely pleased especially the folks that um with heavy christian beliefs because to them, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything. It was just about um, them wanting to do it because of the, you know, the Christian element of it.
1: Rob, where can people watch or buy the movie Tapestry? So right now,
2: we have um, there's, there, there's different websites out there like like Christian online Christian bookstores. Uh, there's too many to name, but if anybody you know goes on to uh, any online Christian bookstores to to purchase books or movies, you may see it on there. But Christian the more cinema, many, Christian cinema, for instance, exactly. a Few others. Um, Amazon Prime uh, is is I guess the most primary place. If you go there, you'll be able to first look at the trailer to see if you like the movie. And we're pretty ha- we think the trailer is pretty good and really sort of drives home the movie. So after watching the trailer, you'll be able to either rent it or you'll be able to, you know, order a DVD all through the Amazon site. And to your point, Christian Cinema uh, is another avenue to go through. Uh, And uh, right now, those are the two biggies. But as the year moves on, there may be more opportunities uh, to watch it in other places. We're looking at maybe it being possibly brought on a, a Christian um, television station at some point but these things are all um, you know things that we're hoping for at this point we don't have finalization on yet
1: and also there's a, tr- a YouTube trailer on tapestry too for people who are interested to watch the the trailer at first because that's how I, f- I watched it first through YouTube and then I uh, purchased the um, the movie yeah come-
2: couple of places I would suggest that, I mean, like I said, on YouTube, you can go um, just type in Tapestry Trailer, Tapestry Space Trailer, and that'll take you to the, to, the, to the trailer that we've talked about. Also, we have a Facebook site. It is called Tapestry Movie 2019. If you go there, you'll see a lot of photographs. You'll see some different videos. Um, you can see some in- interviews that have been done. Uh, um, things about some of the key stars in the movie so I would definitely um, suggest for people to go to those two sources get to know about the movie a little bit and if it's something that they're excited about go to Amazon or Christian Cinema and uh, we, we'd love to also know what people think about the movie um, so, like so where Amazon can they, oh
1: so they can post their reviews in, um, in Amazon.com yeah, the the ways
2: the way we've been getting most of the reviews so far is on Amazon itself, I guess after you watch the movie, maybe a screen comes up and says, Do you want to you know rate this movie? And you could write a paragraph or two. You could also go to IMDB, that's stands for International Database, imdb dot com, look up tapestry, and then on our page there, there's a place to post a review. Or even on our Facebook page, if somebody wants to talk about what they thought of the movie, uh, myself and a few other administrators, you know, tend to look at that almost every day to see if there's anything out there that needs to be addressed. So we love rev- we love reviews. And even if people don't totally love the movie or if there's something they would have liked to see different or, you know, any feedback is is good feedback.
1: That's great, and um, I can also post the uh, links on my uh, Facebook website too. Oh,
2: that's great. I appreciate that,
1: Rob. What are you working on right now? Are you working on another movie?
2: I I have um, I have outlines for several different stories. Um, one of them is uh, one of them is about a uh, two gentlemen who sort of like the rich boy and you know the rich and the uh, poor guy. They both kind of grow up. They grew up together, but one becomes wealthy, but you know his life is kind of miserable. And then there's the the other guy who's sort of scrapping to get through life, but he has God on his side, and and he's happy. And they their lives collide with each other. Um, there's a story that a friend of mine is actually um, came to me with and asked me to work with him on. I didn't write it, but I'm considering being a producer on the film. I don't want to say too much about it, other than the the general idea of the story. It's 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 a ra- it's kind of a has a racial theme in it of a um, an African American and, and and a Caucasian uh, a couple of children uh, that get put into a situation where they have to help each other survive, and they have you know you know racial big bigotry towards each other. So these are a couple of things that we're looking at, but I've gotten some scripts sent to me from people to read. So uh, I'm looking to write, but I'm also looking to produce what uh, what some other people have written as well. So a little combination.
1: That's great. And there is more to come for you, Rob. I highly encourage you to keep that voice, that special, unique voice God has given you. And um, don't let anybody... Don't listen to the critics, just listen to God, and he will lead you as he has done in this movie. Um, My last encouragement for the people, for the listeners out there who are listening from many different countries and states, and this is related to your movie, Rob, uh, Mm -hmm. where um, Ryan says, and I did mention it earlier, that... Uh, whenever you're feeling lost, God is always with you. And if he's telling you to do something, everyone, go and do it for the glory of God, and you won't regret it. And he will provide you with so much more than you can imagine. And that's what's going to happen to you, Rob. There's many, many big things that are going to happen to you, and many greater movies are going to be Opening up, and God's going to be just directing you, giving you the voice, and you writing it on paper and producing movies. And I want you to remember these two scriptures. And also for people out there remembering these two scriptures, then in Ephesians three twenty, God says, "Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is." at work within us. Rob, God has more movies for you to write and produce. And when I prayed for you, this is the exact scripture that came to mind. Joshua 1-9. And it's in Joshua 1-9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Uh, amen amen thank you so much rob for being in my program is there a word of encouragement or even a sure prayer that you can give to listeners out there right now
2: i, I guess the last thing i could leave uh, leave the group with is that i I've, I've been a long time sufferer of depression i still battle with it now and some ways it's gotten better in some ways it hasn't um the, char- the character in the movie is, is suffering from depression, although sometimes it's not always obvious. But I, I, I just say to those people out there that have depression, and it's it's in the millions. I mean, uh, I think sometimes people don't even know that they have it. But, you know, if you're feeling hopeless and you're feeling sad and you're feeling like you, you can't get a break in life, um, just don't give up. Because, I, I mean, I face this myself. I continue to deal with it. But I get up every day and I I just pray and I hope and 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 I've seen the glory that's, you know, that God's presented to me through this movie. And I I truly believe that we all have a chance to to get out from whatever, you know, depths of despair that we we're tossed into. So if you're depressed, um, maybe watch the movie, maybe think about, you know, think about me. Think, you know, you know, think about how I was able to, you know, kind of get past a lot of bad things happening at once. And I hope it can help you. Um, if anybody ever wanted to get in contact with me via Facebook, I'd be happy to talk to you or share any experiences with you. It's Rob DePaulo, D-E-P-A-L-O. Um, God bless. And, and, and Marina, thank you so much for this opportunity.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you. It's been an honor to have you on Faith City Outreach.
0: God bless. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. If you are looking for a holy-spirited and bilingual church in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I invite you to King Jesus Christ Ministries at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3, Phoenix, Arizona. The zip code is 85017. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.